listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I hope that wherever you are, you are having a great day. This is such a good place to be. We like to have a good time on the podcast. We're upbeat, fun, and encouraging. One of our goals, we want to inform, instruct, inspire, and encourage you as our listeners. We know as we minister to kids that we, you know, we need to stay joyful and uh, having a happy heart is, is almost prerequisite for interacting with kids as we engage them with the gospel. We have every reason to be thankful and, uh, and satisfied in Christ and, and to be enthusiastic about sharing that with kids. We're going to talk today about this thankfulness as a characteristic that should be something that's a part of who we are. Uh, there are times when we are weighed, uh, carrying the weight of the world and we know that there's difficulty and that's real. Those things are, are uh, there are real difficulties that we wrestle with. And maybe you're in a place today where you're having a hard time uh, feeling grateful or thankful uh, or being, uh, as Jeremy, our, our guest today would say, being persistent and consistent in thankfulness. Thankfulness is a feeling, but it's also a choice that we make. And so we have a conversation today about this attitude of thankfulness. And our guest again is our is our good friend and my colleague here at Lifeway Kids, Jeremy Carroll. Jeremy leads our VBS team and our discipleship team, uh, creating resources that you have no doubt seen and used. I would like to send you over to lifeway.com slash kids. Lifeway.com slash kids is a great place to go to find all things kids ministry. It's the home of our blog and our podcast. You can look for other articles and things by Jeremy Carroll there. And if you click on uh, resources, uh, you will find our, our curriculum that's available. You can learn about Bible studies for life and explore the Bible kids and the gospel project for kids, but also a whole bunch of other resources, things like uh, the gospel of God's plan for me as a resource, things like defined, which is a great study for preteens on their identity. Things like um, I'm a Christian now uh, as a resource in team kid, our midweek Jeremy's team works on all of those resources and he has great influence in what we do and our ongoing studies. So we are grateful and thankful again to have Jeremy Carroll back on the podcast. Jeremy, welcome back. Hey, Chuck. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Love all of those things that we get to produce and um, and, and really pour over to find ways that we can serve uh, the, many of our listeners, serve them well and equip them for the ministry they're doing in their context. So, Jeremy, there are a whole bunch of things that I sort of rattled off, just a few of them, right? But there are many things that we do within LifeWay Kids, content we create that we call short-term mm -hmm. studies or discipleship resources. What is it that defines that category of work that you and your team do? Yeah, that's good because so, so I laugh at this question because when I moved into this uh, to the to the role of kid, what we internally sometimes we'll call kids discipleship uh, or more formally short term, there's there's two categories. There's ongoing, there's short term. So ongoing means kind of without end or without a date, uh, without an end date. Uh, so that's the gospel project for the Bible, Bible studies for life. Um, and, and when I first moved into, and I was a team leader of the team that produced this kids discipleship, short-term resources, people would ask me what I would do. And the only way I could figure out how to explain it to them is I was like, you know about our ongoing, our, our Sunday school materials, those three that I just mentioned. And then, you know, about VBS, 
Well, if it doesn't fit into one of those four buckets, that's what I do. That's and it. So, <laughs> it's that other thing. <laughs> that other thing that just kind of catches all the other stuff. Uh, the way we would say it other ways is is uh, these are uh, resources that usually have a start and an end date. So they may be a, like you mentioned the gospel, God's plan for me. That's a six week Bible study through the gospel, God's plan. Um, as a gospel presentation, you may be familiar with the booklets. You may not have known that there was a Bible study that's just around those, uh, those that, that gospel, God's plan. But it has a it has a six week study, so it has a start and an end date. VBS falls into that category to an extent too, because it generally is five days of content, so it has a start and an end date. Um, I'm a Christian now. Those things are are weekly studies. So it may be an, an eight weeks uh, workbook. Those have a start and an end date. So that's kind of how we more technically define it. But it's it's again, I, I have chuckled because I, the only way I've known how to tell people what it is is if it's not one of those other four things. The the short term is. Is, is really anything else. And many of those, as you mentioned, are, are they're, they're short-term commitments is kind of how I think yeah, of it, right? You're, that's right? When you use an ongoing resource, that's your every week, every Sunday, mm-hmm. the all year round. But what we call short-term is really that, that kind of short sprint. It's going to be a yeah. six-week study on who I am or a, or a mm-hmm. short study on understanding the gospel, uh, those sorts of things. And so we have many of those that, that exist, but you're always thinking of new ones. And that's kind of a cool thing uh, that you get to do and that your team does, you know, VBS every year is a different theme and a different message. And in each year, there's a big process mm-hmm. that the team goes through to determine what is that theme and what is that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and at the end of that season, it, it goes on the shelf and we move on to do another new one. You're doing that same process regularly with things like our team kid, which is a midweek study. Tell, tell us just a little bit, and then we're going to get into our topic of thankfulness, but tell yeah. us just a little bit about what is that process like to just come up with new things? Uh, so uh, I, I should probably preface this by saying that I'm not a, church staff kids leader. I have been in the past, um, where I was a a kid's pastor and I was church on church staff and, and, uh, but now I am a volunteer at my church. And so I teach currently, as of today, I teach second grade Sunday school. So I'm with second graders on Sunday morning, teaching the gospel project. And then I teach fifth graders on Wednesday nights and I'm teaching our Forge preteen resource. And so I I want to preface it by saying I I am a kids ministry leader. I'm not a paid staff person anymore, but I'm a kids ministry leader. I volunteer. I actively volunteer in my church. I like I need to preface that because the next thing I'm going to say is going to kind of sound like Facebook stalking. So I, I'm in a lot of kids ministry, <laughs> social groups, um, groups and pages and, and, you know, people I follow on Twitter and Instagram and all of those things. But one of the, one of the key important things that we do couple, there's a couple of layers to the introduction part. And that is, we want to listen to what are kids ministry leaders looking for? What do they need? What are the, the places in their ministry that they, that they're ongoing, their, their regular Bible study, just, they can't address that because it's, you know, maybe it's gospel project going through scripture or maybe it's um, explore the Bible and going through a book. It, it, it doesn't really address every single thing because it can't. It, 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 it can only address what it can get to in that amount of time. And so our short term studies often get a chance to fill in the gaps of what those uh, ongoings can't do. And so we listen, we read comments and we say, what are kids ministry leaders looking for? In addition to the kind of the social 
um, experience there of reading comments and that we, we're, we're always listening to church leaders at like our etch conference at VBS previews. We're always listening for church leaders. What are they looking for? What is the big needs? Um, all of our team also serves in church in our, in different church ministries. And so we're, we're, we're evaluating what kids need. Uh, what is the messages that kids need to hear from uh, various Bible studies? And so that's kind of the early part is when we're trying to gather a pool of ideas, uh, we're going to, we're going to listen. We're, we're just trying to listen to what kids ministry leaders say they need. Uh, and then from there, we, we tr- try to prioritize. Obviously there's, you know, financial, we can only do so many things a year or whatever. Uh, so we have to kind of balance that out. What's the most important thing we can do with have the, the serve the most amount of people, like what is going to make the biggest impact to kids ministry leaders that we serve. Uh, and then we go through and we, we, we open our Bibles, and I feel like this is an important part to say, and then we can 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 step off of this because the rest of it gets really technical. But we we open our Bibles and we say, what does God have to say about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that topic is, we we don't just come up with it out of thin air and say, well, this is what we want to say. We say, no, let's start with what God says. What does the Bible say about defining who I am? You mentioned the defined resource that um, Bible study. Well, what does God say? What does the Bible say about who I am and how I'm defined as an individual? Well, we're going to start that process by looking into scripture. And then we build that outline out of what, what scripture says. Uh, and then hopefully that becomes the outline of what goes into the, the Bible study. And it's such a cool part of what we have to offer. And I think that's a, it's a section of resources that, that not a, not all leaders are aware of. There are some really great studies leaders that you might look into beyond just what you're studying every Sunday that make a great resource uh, that, that have strong messages that your kids need to hear. So check those out lifeway.com slash kids look for those short-term resources and Bible study uh, materials that are all the things that Jeremy and his team are working on. I am thankful that we make those. And we're talking today, you mentioned what does the Bible say about and how important Mm -hmm. that is that we continue look back to scripture as our compass, as our guide for how we feel about things and how we think about things. And so Jeremy, as we have prepared uh, for this conversation today about thankfulness, you have brought to the table a lot of scripture, (laughs) multiple passages about what does God have to say about our posture in terms of uh, having a thankful heart. So let's transition out to our topic for the day and talk about Thankfulness. Um, Why is it so important that we set our sights on being thankful and having a persistent and consistent posture of thankfulness in our lives? Well, like probably some of our listeners and maybe you too, Chuck, you may, uh, there's a, uh, a lot of, lots of worship songs go to the Psalms. And one of the songs that run in my head constantly, especially when I think of thankfulness is actually it's a command at a Psalm 107 that says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because th- that is a direct pointing a finger at me and saying, look, this is an optional. You don't get to just choose say, you know, we're just going to let it drift around. No, give thanks to God. He is good and he deserves our thankfulness, our gratitude. And so a lot of times I'll start there. Like I just have to need that reminder that this is a command from God that I am to be thankful to him for all that he has done. And he's good and he's worthy of it. 
And that for me, Jeremy, that stands out. And that's honestly, this is something that I've been wrestling with re recently. I confess is having, uh, uh, maintaining a happy heart, uh, being grateful and thankful is it, it but, but being aware that that's a choice, not a feeling, yeah. because I think a lot of times we can let our feelings of anxiety or of fear or of whatever those things are get in the way of our thankfulness and of, of us having the right heart and looking at Psalm 107 and some of the other things that you're about to share with us, these are not talking about feelings. Uh, it, it's a choice that we make that, that we will give thanks to the Lord. Uh, and we, you know, I, in preparing for this, I, I was thinking about first Thessalonians five, uh, 16 through 18, where it says, you know, uh, rejoice in the Lord, always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Boy, all circumstances, it's, you know, when it's easy to give thanks, it's easy to give thanks. When you're in a place where it's hard to be thankful, it can be really hard to be thankful. And I think a lot of us are, are dealing, you know, I'm increasingly aware of just that everyone is carrying something difficult almost all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't often know what people are dealing with yet. What God says here, uh, what Paul writes in first Thessalonians five is that we're to give thanks in all circumstances, not only the good ones, not only the easy ones. It is, it's a choice. Yeah. And I, so that, so I am not a Greek scholar. I, I, um, there's probably lots of things you can pick apart in the original languages of this, but when I look at that verse, I, I, I'm glad you brought that verse up because, uh, a lot of times we will think of them and, and they are, there are in the, in the writing as three separate commands, rejoice, always pray continually, yeah. give thanks in everything. Like those are, there's, there are three separate things there, but in my mind, I think about it, like, this really is like the, the Oreo cookie of my attitude. Like, mm. like prayer is really the center point of that because we can't be rejoice rejoicing. We can't rejoice always. If we're not praying, we mm. can't give thanks if we're and have an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude if we're not praying. So really we have to, the, the sweet spot there is pray continually. And when we do pray continually, we'll have that joy and we'll be able to rejoice always and through the different circumstances. And we'll also be able to give thanks and so I love that, how those th three things, while they are separate, they really all three work together and center on that attitude of prayer. Um, I, I love, I love that, that writing of Paul in first Thessalonians that talks about pray. And as you're praying, you're going to be joyful. You're going to rejoice. You're going to have joy and you're going to give thanks because when we're centered, our minds are centered uh, in a prayerful way on God. We, we, we will express those things through a joyful heart and a thankful heart. I know another place that you go, uh, Jeremy, is to Philippians four. Yeah, that's a, that's a, another one that that takes these uh, really these same three and pushes them together again. That's why I, can't, I keep coming back. They're not really separated. Where in Philippians four, Paul says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I'll say it again: Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And that's what this you you referenced this earlier. Don't worry about anything, but yep. in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So we see again, rejoice, we see prayer, we see Thanksgiving all coming together. And then, and then we have this promise. Uh, I love this promise that we can hold on to that when we present our, when we rejoice always, when we uh, don't worry about anything, but through prayer and petition with Thanksgiving in our hearts, when we present and we pray to God, our request to pr present our request through prayer to God. This is what Paul says. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. And, and I just know as a 40 something year old man, like 
my heart and mind need to be guarded in Christ Jesus. As I go throughout day, I've got, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. I, I play soccer. So I'm on the soccer field with other men and other kids. And I'm cur- currently coaching kickball for seven through nine year olds. Like I'm interacting with parents, all that, all of the things that I go through in my daily life, I need my heart and my mind guarded and protected. And Paul says here, the key to that is rejoicing prayer and this attitude of thanksgiving. And that, that idea there, that, that promise, you know, the peace of God, which, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Boy, we need to guard our hearts and minds. You're absolutely right. That, that section in there where it talks about, um, you know, which surpasses all understanding. There are so many things, Jeremy, that we just don't (laughs) understand. Right. Right. And I think that over the last several years with the pandemic, with all the things happening in the world, Boy, there are so many things that uh, that cause me to go to the Lord and say, God, I don't understand why this is happening or what you're doing, why these different crises. We see all kinds of things in the news um, yeah. where there are tragedies around us in our country that make me just, just grieve for what's happening. Yet in that, God gives us peace that 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 can't be understood or that defies the understanding that we have. I go to Proverbs three, five, and six. <laughs> yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight or he'll direct your paths. We tend to, I think too much to lean on our own understanding when really we need the Lord and he will give us peace that surpasses our understanding. There's something to that. Yeah. And, you know, I think there is something to that. And it's part of our misunderstanding to use Paul's language to understand part of part of our misunderstanding is that we want the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But we don't want to do the other parts. Like we don't want to choose to rejoice in the Lord always. We don't want to choose to not worry about anything, but through prayer and petition with thanksgiving in our hearts, present and have a prayer, an active prayer life. We, We want the peace of God to protect our hearts and minds, but we don't want to do the other parts that Paul says are necessary. And sometimes we want him to give us that peace by by giving us understanding. And sometimes, in, in fact, all the time, we need to find the peace, not in what we can comprehend, but in, in knowing who God is and knowing that he's in control, even when we don't understand. You, uh, Jeremy, I know another passage that is core to this that you've identified as Hebrews 12. And you've pulled several things out of that Hebrews 12 passage about how we can live and serve and worship in thankfulness. Take us through that section. So it's really need a little setup because I mentioned I have six kids. I, I, and, and if you're a parent or if you just work with kids in a kid's ministry, like many of our listeners do, if you've been around kids, you may have had some moment when you're thinking, this is the most entitled bunch of kids I've ever seen in my life. And I, I experienced that in my own, in my own family, like my own life. And so a few weeks ago I was at, at in, in uh, my church, we were in worship and I don't remember exactly what was said, but something sparked my head. And I thought not my head, my mind, uh, that wouldn't be good to spark my head in worship. That'd be <laughs> pyrotechnics and stuff, but sparked my mind. And I, and I quickly grabbed my notepad and I jotted down. Thankfulness is not accidental. Mm. And I, I, I just got to thinking on that for for a few minutes ref you know and the Bible has a lot to say about thankfulness we pulled out a few verses yes but uh one of the verses that i hadn't really dwelled on before was this passage in hebrews and i thought so i went to that passage and and for whatever reason i was just drawn the spirit of god i think was drawing me to that passage to for me to hear it that's something i needed to hear that day and uh so i i've i say to my kids a lot like 
So I have this, there's a, an old uh, vegetable animation group from the late, uh, still around, but from the late nineties had a song and this song always rolls around in my head. Uh, Is that the one with the tomato the and tom- the cucumber? And the cucumber. Those guys, very popular, love their stuff, uh, grew up on their stuff. But there's one thing that was related, re- released, a song that was one of, in one of their episodes that says, uh, because a thankful heart is a happy heart. I'm glad for what I have. And that's an easy way to start. And that, that mm. lyric just always lingers in my mind. That's the power of music, right? This is always lingers in my mind. And so I had that lingering in my mind and I had this new passage that I hadn't really dwelled on before or meditated on Hebrews 12, 28, which says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful by it. We may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe. And I just, I, I, I read that verse and I read it and I read it and I thought, wow, like I'm glad for what I have. That's an easy way to start from that lyric. I thought, uh, the writer of Hebrews here is saying, you know, you should simply be thankful because God is welcoming you into his family. He is giving you a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And, and around this, shaken. I yeah. love that. I love and there uh, around this passage uh, in this verse in the in the passage. Uh, the writer is saying about how God will like all things can be shaken. Creation can be shaken. The heavens will be shaken. Like all of these different things can be shaken. And then he turns the writer turns to say. We have a we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, not may not be shaken, but cannot literally cannot be shaken. And, and God is handing that to us. He is he's welcoming us into that kingdom, into his family. And the writer says, let us be thankful. We should stop and be thankful for that. So as I started wrapping my head around this, I was like, I just need to live in a in an attitude of thankfulness. I need to live in thankfulness. That's kind of the first kind of application point that came out of my mind is that it's not accidental. I have to choose to live in it. And one of the things that I can choose to live in is that God has made this promise as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, as a believer, that I am receiving uh, this kingdom that cannot be shaken. So then the second one is uh, really comes out of that because then the writer immediately goes, right? He says, buy it. Um, some other translations of, of scripture will say, which by, so let us be thankful, which by we uh, may serve God acceptably, acceptably. And I thought, man, I don't want to live in thankfulness. I just need to be thankful for the, 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 what the work that God has done in my life, the, the uh, miracle of salvation he's done in me. I need to also serve in thankfulness. I need to be active and whatever assignment I have as a dad, as a father, my, my church that I serve on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, I need to serve God acceptably. And I need to do that with thankfulness. And so again, so now we move from living in thankfulness, which is my own personal faith story. That's my own yeah. personal transformation. But now I need to live in faithfulness as I'm now living out on mission. I'm on my assignment whatever God's called me to do, I should be thankful that he's allowed me to be part of what he's doing. Not only did he, is he giving us a kingdom that cannot be shaken, but he's also giving us assignments in that kingdom. He's giving us work to do, uh, to be, uh, uh, ministers of the gospel, ministers of reconciliation. Paul would say in another book, he would say, uh, that we are to be about the ministry of, of God. We should be, we should be also, um, about passing along, and welcoming others into this kingdom, passing on the good news, the gospel, we would say. And that's part of our assignment. So we want to serve God acceptably. We should be thankful that God has called us in and then put us out on mission and given us assignments wherever we are, whatever community we live in, whatever context we live in, however we serve, whether we're paid staff or volunteer, doesn't matter. 
We need to serve God acceptably. And that comes from the thankfulness in our own hearts. And it, that, that is, again, going back to the choice of thankfulness, you know, sometimes our service can feel like work and that work can feel like a burden. Uh, it can feel like responsibility. It can feel like there's expectations that we may or may not feel that we're meeting. And sometimes our ministries can become more like work than like something we're thankful for. Mm-hmm. And I know many of us are thankful for our jobs and thankful for opportunities, but honestly, to serve where we are placed for such a time as this, for however long God has you where you are to serve there with a heart that is rooted and grounded in this attitude of thankfulness about that opportunity to serve. That is uh, that's transformational in how we function in our ministries. And it overflows to everything you've shared before, you know, that that's out of the overflow of the mouth, right? Or out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And in the same way, our thankfulness spills out in ways that, that affect everything that we do, how we live, how we serve. And then your third one, how we worship. And so that's kind of where, where the writer here ends. He says, serve God acceptably with reverence and awe. And so this, when I, and as I was thinking about it, and usually my first thought is how can I share this with my kids? Um, I, I've actually adopted something, Chuck, that you, that you, I got from you. I even told you this before today. Um, we do a highlight of the week. I try to text my kids a highlight oh, nice. of the week. Um, and so usually something that I've, I saw verse I'm reading, I will text them something along the lines of, Hey, read these couple of verses, go to your Bible, highlight or underline this verse. And then I'll give them a, you know, a short, three or four sentences of kind of a devotional thought uh, about it. But so I, I think about how can I help my kids understand whatever this is? So Hebrews 12, um, he, he ends with the writer ends with, with reverence and awe. Now, again, that kind of calls back to the first part of living with thankfulness, but there's a little bit of a, of a different nuance. I feel like with this idea of we stand in awe of God, not just for what he's done in us and for us, that certainly is worthy of being thankful um, but more than that, we need to express and, and participate in worship in this idea of reverence and awe. We need to stand in awe of who God is. We need to to worship him, to, to um, encourage others to be thankful as well. So whether it's in a personal worship time or a corporate worship time, even a kid's worship time, it, it, thankfulness just needs to be baked in. We need to be leading go back to our assignment, we need to be leading wherever we are and kids, encouraging kids and families to put thankfulness in heart. Let their idea of, um, let this idea of thankfulness be an, an active part of whatever worship we're in, uh, whatever worship context that we're in. That, and those words there at the end of Hebrews 12, 28, with, with reverence and awe, you, you just re-highlighted for me using that highlighter language. <laughs> yeah. You just re-highlighted those words in that, what you just said and contrasting that with what you had said earlier. And with something that I think we all see in our culture is we, we, we are lacking in reverence and awe for who God is yeah. and that reverence and awe for who he is. When we, we need to pass that on to our kids because yeah. our culture impresses on them and on us that spirit of entitlement 
which is which is characterized by dissatisfaction and ungratefulness and unthankfulness. And really, that's what we fight against. And that's what our kids need to hear, a message that's counter to what they hear in the world, which is it's all about you and you need to be happy and you need to get what you want and you deserve whatever. And you, you, you. Yeah. And we we start to feel like we are deserving of more or of something special or that we uh, and we lose sight of who God is. And honestly, our thankfulness doesn't come from what we have or who we are or what we attain or obtain. It comes from knowing that we are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. And it's in light of that, that we need to be thankful. Yeah. So I want what, what you just said, fighting against the other voices in our, in our culture and in our, in our minds and our hearts. Um, let's go back to uh, Philippians. We're talked about beyond our understanding surpasses our understanding the world is telling us just like you just said the world said if you want to be happy if you want to have a happy heart here's how you do it chase all of these things well that's the world's understanding god's understanding which may sound ridiculous to us is if you want to have a happy heart you need to stop and be thankful for what you have you need to be content in what you have and if you do that again through prayer and petition don't worry about anything rejoice in the lord when you do that that's when, again, this idea that seems it really is so countercultural, but it's also it kind of is against our understanding or what we think is going to happen. We're going to have peace in our hearts. We're going to have happy hearts. We're going to really have true joy in our lives when we embrace the biblical thankfulness. Jeremy Carroll. I always love when we get to have you on and have conversations like this. It, I think it encourages and challenges and inspires our listeners, but it does the same for me. And I know uh, I just, I, I love how you process on the word and how you uh, raise up these, uh, these thoughtful and challenging insights. So thank you for sharing today. These thoughts thoughts on thankfulness. We need to live in thankfulness, serve in thankfulness, worship in thankfulness. And listeners, I want to encourage you as we uh, step off of this particular episode to spend some time in prayer. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in everything. As Jeremy said, the Oreo cookie <laughs> of thankfulness. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks in everything. Uh, guys, go before the Lord and let thankfulness be your choice as you live serve and worship the Lord this week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.